Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. It is a wonderful Friday morning. Hopefully you guys are listening on Friday morning, doing your due diligence as subscribers to the pod. But if it's not, maybe Friday afternoon, good Friday afternoon, maybe happy weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or if you're super late. Independent of what time at which you're listening to this, good time at which you're listening to this. (laughs) We wish you a good time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Ben, something special and exciting happened this week. And that's why we have put a hiatus on Fan Friday, because we got to talk about it. The XFL had their inaugural draft this weekend. Eight teams, 71 players per team. It's an exciting time in football. I know we were really excited when, when the AAF was kicking off because it was extra football. There were more guys to scout, more teams to root for, be involved with, but that obviously folded. Hopefully the XFL instead is here to stay. And I love how they set things up to kick it off with a ton of excitement, a lot of innovation right off the bat, starting with how they had their draft. This draft was broken up. It wasn't just a, hey, here's a giant draft pool, draft everybody, like the NFL draft is or like, you know, like a Madden draft is. Instead, they broke theirs up into phases, created a pretty interesting competitive balance because, you know, the first day, the first quote unquote phase of the draft, if you will, they were only allowed to draft skill players. And then the next day was just only O-linemen. And the next day was only defensive linemen, I think, or maybe I'm going out of order, but they were able to allow teams to really attack each position in the draft at the same time. And that in turn, I think as we, we looked over a lot of the results of these teams created some really not only competitive rosters across the league to start out, but also you're already seeing patterns in how these coaching staffs are looking to build these teams and and the identities that they're looking to have. I know you did a couple of recaps for some of these teams is there a uh, – well, I, I guess I'll ask you right off the bat. What did you think of, like, the draft strategy, how they set it up? Did you enjoy it? Right. I think that – I think when you're going to be a, a developmental league and you want to – you know, you're, you're kicking off as your first year and you want to drum up interest, I think the right strategy is anything that's different, right? I think the sure, right thing to right. do is anything that's other than how the NFL approaches it because it – you know, it gets our attention, you know what I mean? Like, it's it was cool yeah. to think about and then witness skill position draft and then trench draft and then defensive trench draft and then back seven and then, you know, kind of open season drafts, whatever you want, sort of uh, 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 an approach to it. That was fun and that was intriguing. So, like, a great example, you start off with the skill position draft. You have teams like the D.C. Defenders who immediately go through and take Our? as many – Yes, by the way, our DC yeah, defenders. Yeah, our right? DC defenders. We're going to get into that. All right, keep going. Yes. So, like, DC defenders, New York Guardians, Dallas Renegades, these guys go through and they try to immediately draft skill position players to surround their starting quarterbacks with. And then you have other teams, such as, I think Houston did this, the Roughnecks. Yeah, Houston gets assigned Philip Walker, the quarterback out of Temple, and comes around with their first pick in the skill positions draft and immediately goes after another quarterback. Was Connor so Cook, right? Connor Cook, Cook, right. St. Louis, with uh, their, with their first pick, uh, brought in a running back and Kristen Michelle, uh, Kristen Michelle, but then went right around in the second round and took Brogan Roback, the Eastern Michigan quarterback, to compete with Jordan Ta'amu, who's the oldest quarterback who you and I both kind of liked last year. Right. So, like, 
immediately you have for a day one first round, you have significantly differing strategies in terms of are you going to ride with your quarterback who you were given? Or do you think that there's enough quarterback talent left over that it's worth drafting an early one and inviting a competition in camp? So, like, that's that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about here. Like, I think if you look at the trenches draft, too, like, there are guys who like with longstanding NFL careers who were drafted super late. Like, all toolsy guys went early. And, like, that's just, like, the way that the – like, you know, there was no precedent for a draft like this. So it was fun to watch how the strategies kind of defined themselves – uh, because it was it was new and it was fresh, and that's what makes it interesting, especially to guys like us who are interested in things like team building and roster and roster allocation, so on and so forth. So it was cool. Yeah, I really I really did enjoy it. Um, let's break down some of these teams. We got to start with the DC Defenders. Uh, Our? I want to start right out the gate with the the team that this podcast is caping for. Okay, I know a lot of people in Tampa want me to be a Vipers fan because it's the Tampa Bay Vipers. I'm still going to be a Vipers fan because it's the Tampa Bay area. But the D.C. Defenders, man, they got – their head coach is Pep Hamilton, okay, who was the passing – he was, he was I think, the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis from 2013 to 2015. Um, he was a, he's was he been a quarterback's coach for a really long time, really since 1997, I believe, when he was a quarterback's coach at Howard. He was Michigan's past game coordinator for the last two years, which – not great, Trevor. Not, not great. But he, he rode Harbaugh from Stanford. Uh, not from Stanford. Well, maybe no, no, no. From Stanford, he rode Harbaugh. Like that's the yes. connection that got him there. Yes. So here's the thing, though. They divvied up, as you kind of alluded to there. They divvied up some quarterbacks before the draft. What would be like those quote unquote like franchise quarterbacks, if you will? DC Defenders quarterback, old twelve gauge himself. Cardale Jones, all right? Old 12-gauge himself. I didn't come here to go to school. Was that him? Yes, of yes, course okay. it was. He, you know he wrote on his graduation cap? Yes. Someone once said, I ain't come to play school. But it was like, you know, it was. It, it, it's funny because Cardale, to his credit, and I, I, I love Cardale, I he, realized, he realized that, huh? I was just laughing and I ain't come to play school. So he, he laughs at himself about that. Like he realizes I was an idiot. And like people kind of like came after him over this last couple of weeks bringing back up the, the I ain't come to play school thing. And Cardale said like, yeah, I was an idiot. Like I was dumb. I was just a kid. I didn't really know what was going on. He's like going back to Ohio State and getting my degree is the best thing that I ever did. It set me up for the long term. It helped me grow into a young man, like all that kinds of stuff. And so – um, dude's a tanky quarterback. It, you know, if he gains any more weight, we're, we're talking about a future thick boy of the week candidate in Cardale Jones yes. whenever he starts playing some games. So he's their quarterback. Pep Hamilton is their offensive coordinator. Um, looking at rest of the roster now, I think Joe did this recap, but I mean, they got in the defensive background, they got Jalen Myrick, uh, from, from the, the old Minnesota cornerback. They have Ladarius. Four two Jalen Myrick. Correct. Yes. But then even more importantly, from my heart, Matt Elam is their starting safety, Ben. Oh, Matt yeah? Elam, Matt Elam is like one of my favorite college football players of all time. Because he would so recklessly lay the absolute hammer on people in that 2012 Florida defense. One of my favorite defenses that I've ever uh, been right. a fan of. And so him being back. Him on the D.C. defenders, and then I think on the other side, they got your boy, Donald Pumphrey, running back, right? Well, so this is why our uh, D.C. defenders, this is why they're our D.C. defenders, because 
you look at this roster, number one overall pick, Rashard Davis, wide receiver James Madison, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. DeAndre Tompkins, wide receiver Penn State, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. Danelle Pumphrey, running back, San Diego State, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. Offensive line, John Toth, center Kentucky, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. Toby Weathersby, tackle, LSU, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. Casey Tucker, tackle, Arizona State, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. Elijah Qualls, defensive tackle, Washington, ex-Philadelphia Eagle. They drafted, I have no, like, listen, we all, you and I both know who the, the technical, like, director of player personnel is for DC. It's Greg Gabriel of Greg Gabe of Twitter history of Twitter um, lore. But I don't know who, I don't know who he talked to or who else is on this staff. I'm going to tell you something right now. They talked to Philly. I, Greg Gabe and Andy Weidel, who's a, who's a, an executive for player personnel know each other pretty well from their time in Chicago. I'm pretty sure. But Listen, DC went after every practice squatter Philly has ever cut in history. Literally, there are like 12 ex-Eagles in this draft, and seven of them are on DC right now. So that there are DC defenders because this is every camp guy I, I unnecessarily caved for. Like Toby Rutherford, I was like, yeah, he's a developmental tackle. Yeah, he'll stay. He'll he'll make it on the practice squad. He might be. They might actually be act 53. They like cut him after camp, right? But like these are all guys who are in camp for the Eagles at one point. So no, like it's this is what I'm talking about. Where it's so cool to see. That sort of thing, like for Houston, Houston drafted so many players from the Texas Houston area. Like they We're drafted not Houston all of, yet. Yeah, they just drafted. Okay, I'm just saying, like the 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 paths that you can find in these teams, they aren't even like, oh, this team drafted this and this team like that. Like there's a common thread in their strategies, but they're all different threads. And so, like for DC, it's drafting X Eagles. I love it. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm looking at. Some of these, these, some of these other names that are on DC. I mean, Max Redfield's the other safety that they drafted. Jordan Jones, a linebacker. Um, hold on, going back to the skill position, I saw some Scooby. guys. Scooby, what about Scooby? Dude, excuse Scooby, right? The third they drafted. Tyree Listen, Jackson, all 165 of his tackles, brother. Bro, Tyree Jackson is their backup quarterback. Tyree Jackson's their starting tight end. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, that you know could actually be true they have charles harris they have elijah qualls like yeah man dude like this is this is a fun roster if nothing else but because so many of these names are recognizable in the secondary they also have guys like raheem moore tyree kennel you know this is they got they got a ton of guys that are just very recognizable and so like I, these are players that you were talking about them being former eagles but these are also guys who i was big fans of coming out well not big fans of but like I had moments where I was like oh this guy might be able to play and here they get another shot so uh, DC's roster is filled with recognizable names from college football and NFL teams in the past and so they're going to be a fun one let's move on to Houston let's touch on Houston real quick because you brought them up their uh their their quarterback that they were assigned was Philip Walker uh their head coach June Jones they're ben, they're so right Go on, go so, on. Okay, so for people who don't know who June Jones is, uh, which if you don't, you're you're deprived and don't worry, we're about to solve that problem for you. June Jones was one of the godfathers of the run and shoot offense. Ooh, in, boy. Uh, what's that? I said, ooh boy, Cole McDonald's right. going to be starting for this team next year. Hey, do, listen, speak into existence. Uh, Jones was the head coach at Hawaii in the early 2000s. Uh, he, was, he was a quarterback at Hawaii as well uh, as a collegiate player. Now, when he was in Hawaii, he's the one who really installed, uh, you know, and, and popularized, I should say, the run and shoot system in Hawaii. When he was eventually uh, uh, moved up to, to SMU after the Hawaii stint, 
Hawaii ended up moving away from the run and shoot, and then they went back to it under Nick Rolovich. Rolovich, who is a June Jones disciple, uh, so they, they kind of brought that back. The run and shoot offense is a ton of fun in that it's really predicated on uh spreading out your receivers going for wide and then giving your inside receivers choice routes, option routes. It's it, it's a system in which the quarterback throws to space and assumes not assumes the 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 receivers read where space is and find a way to work into it. The quarterback throws to space, so they it's it's very fluid, fun, wide open system that's predicated on beating the defense post snaps. So really, whatever you do from a defensive perspective, Houston is going to have an answer for you with the run and shoot offense. And then you look mm-hmm. at the receivers they added. Yes, Sammy Coates. Yes, Sammy Coates. Cam Phillips. You remember Cam Phillips? Of course, Tony I remember Lewis Cam Phillips. Cincinnati. Yeah. Yes. These are. These are fun college wide receivers. Like uh, Khalil Lewis, his senior year of at Cincinnati was like racking up insane yardage. They brought in high volume downfield fast guys. They did not draft the tight end. No need. In, in, in the skill position draft, they selected seven running backs, or excuse me, seven wide receivers, then two running backs and, and an extra quarterback. And then in the open phase, they did not select any tight ends. This team is not. It's ten, ten personnel, empty sets. We ain't coming to run a tight end. What you talking love about? Fish. Dude, I love so it. This is another great example. June Jones runs a, a fun and interesting system, which is really going to highlight what Connor Cook and Philip Walker, whoever wins the, the job, can do kind of in that, that sort of a spread, just, you know, three-step drop throw and rhythm system. And then, like, a guy like Sammy Coates. I mean, Coates is struggling to stick at the NFL level, but when he's the leading receiver in the XFL by five bajillion yards – it's gonna, you know, it's gonna remind NFL teams what Coates can do with his speed and with his size when he's healthy. So this is a great situation where you see a player like Coates, third round pick, third round pick Sammy Coates was, and he never really was able to get like a foothold in the NFL. This is a huge opportunity for him because he lands on a June Jones team that's gonna really highlight his strengths. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I and and they're also the team that nabbed up Coney Ely because Coney Ely was in this draft and. It was just a, it was just one of a Houston was a great example, and I'm glad that you highlighted it the way that you did of, of a team. We're already seeing drafting to their strengths of what they want to do, and you're going to be able to see the uniqueness of strategies both on offense and defense throughout this league. Let's go to Dallas next. We'll stay in Texas. Bob Stoops, the head coach. Old Robert Stoops. Old Bobby, the head coach of the Dallas Renegade. How mummy, though, is their offensive coordinator who is – one of the godfathers, basically, of like what we would consider the air raid offense. So yes. you know they're going to throw the football around a little bit. Landry throw, Jones, throw is, the ball around the yard a little bit. Landry Jones is their quarterback. He was the franchise guy that was assigned to them. Ryan Broyles, they got him at wide receiver. There's a lot of Oklahoma connection because of obviously Stoops and Landry Jones, and so you knew that that was going to be the case. Stacey Cooley is also on this team. Jeff Baddett's also on this team. Um, right. So it's just – this is another one of like, okay, they are clearly drafting guys who are going to fit the exact system and who have a lot – this one – this one I almost feel like for – I know you talked about Houston drafting a lot of Houston guys, but like this draft to me felt like they were drafting a lot of players who the coaching staff has already a comfortable feeling with. So they're hoping that that, that whole like – Hey, what's up? I'm your head coach. Here's the here's the playbook for the first time. Let's get into it. They're trying to hit the ground running. I think Dallas is a team that drafted for familiarity in a lot of their positions with their coaches, and I think this is going to be a team that that might be one of the the teams that look really good 
on offense in terms of execution right out of the gate. Right. Well, they, I mean, they got uh, like Landry Jones, who was Bob Stoops' quarterback. Right. For right. Four right. years. They brought in Jeff uh, Bidette, who, like, you know, uh, Stoops helped recruit as a, as a as a grad transfer out of Kentucky. Brought in Demetri Flowers, who, you know, I think was not really a starter when Stoops was there, but was definitely there in Stoops' final years. Yep. It, like, you know, this is very much so like, you know, these are players that I know, I'm going to bring them in, I'm going to be successful with them. It's everybody from Texas and from the South. You know what I mean? Like, it's clearly that's, that's the, the approach that they took. And then I thought that Houston's defensive draft was about as fun as it gets. Firstly, Holui Kakaha, who like at one point was like, you know, the Saints starting edge in 2016 or whatever. Like, yeah. Dude, guys, like, I was so surprised to see guys like, uh, Holloway Kakaha and, and, and Coney Ely and other guys. Coney Ely have like an eight sack season in the NFL. Uh, dude, he was like part of Carolina's most stout defensive line. Right. And so, uh, Kakaha ends up there. They also got Tigre Scales, who like, as, is, as deep of a cut as you're going to find for, like, guys that we've been fans of, like, to Gray Scales, an Indiana linebacker, uh, Josh Hawkins, East Carolina corner. These are all guys who I was – oh, and Tristan Dakota as well from uh, Oregon State. These are all dudes who, you know, those are those late day three guys who you just thought you were going to – like, you were loving. You're like, yeah, they're going to stick. No worries. It's going to be fine. So, yeah, Dallas with Stoops probably as the best head coach. Right, yeah. like I mean, yeah, Stoops, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stoops won well, Coach of the Year in the NCAA yeah, yeah. It's, it's five times or something. Yeah. yeah, so that's exciting. And then what they have in Landry Jones in terms of veteran quarterback play is also huge. I mean, no, I, I think the other seven starting quarterbacks in the league combined don't have as many NFL game reps as Landry Jones. So Dallas looks great. I mean, they look set to be to be really strong. Yeah, some interesting. So you have the other interesting roster players. Trey Watson, who was linebacker that I watched at the East West Shrine game this they past. Trey Watson. Yeah, at line, yeah, linebacker Trey Watson. Oh, As you. um, I, I, they took him in the in the phase five of the draft. They also have uh, for last chance you fans out there. They also have John Franklin the third, who was the quarterback in season two, I believe, of last chance you. The Auburn kid. Yes, so he's bounced around a bunch. Now he's playing corner back for right. them. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, L.A. Wildcats. Hold on, I'm looking up uh, who they're. Oh, their their quarterback is Luis Perez, who is the Birmingham Irons quarterback for a while uh, when the AAF started, and then their head coach is scrolling. Hold on. Pause. Elevator music. Winston, Winston Moss. Moss. Yes. Yeah, they got their offensive coordinator is Norm Chow. So, Ben, do you have any do you have any thoughts on either of them, the coaching staff, or either Luis Perez? Did you get to catch any of of the AAF when Perez right. was kind so, of around? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big Perez watcher fan, uh, or not Perez. I wasn't a big AAF watcher or fan. I didn't get super into it. I probably won't get super into the XFL to be honest. I don't really have the time for that. Um, Winston Speak for Moss. So Winston Moss is weird because you look at this guy's background and he was a linebackers coach in New Orleans, linebackers coach in Green Bay, and then he was a linebackers he was linebackers coach and assistant head coach in Green Bay under McCarthy pretty much until the McCarthy era ended, and then he gets ousted because obviously McCarthy gets fired and now it's the XFL for him. I don't really know what he brings. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, Bob Stoops, June Jones, 
Pep Hamilton, I can tell you roughly what they're going to do. Winston Moss, I really don't have much of an idea. So Los Angeles is interesting, I guess, for that reason, in terms of this is a team we probably don't have nearly as good a feel for. Their offensive line draft was the one that I found most impressive. Uh, when I was oh, okay. Day one. I mean, Jordan McRae, Tony Adams, Trey Jackson, Florida, Martez Ivy, also Florida. Those are, those are legit guys who like, like Tony Adams, like I thought was like an early day three selection. Martez Ivy, I thought was like an early day three selection. Ivy started literally everywhere wait, wait, in Florida. Wait, 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 wait. What team are you looking at right now? I'm looking at the wrong team. That's Tampa Bay. Fudge. <laughs> All right. Well, we like right. half preview Tampa Bay. No, we're on LA. LA Wild. Yeah. Okay. So I hate LA's offensive line. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, LA's the team. LA's the team that drafted. So their, their their first round drafts had a lot of really interesting names. Elijah. They Ryan. have Katie Cannon. They have Katie Cannon. Do you remember Katie Cannon, Trevor? Of course, Do you I remember Katie the Cannon. The certainty. On the internet that KD Cannon was going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL in three years. Of course, of course I remember KD Cannon. KD Everybody... Cannon ran in Art Bryles, very similar to like the run and shoot, you know, option choice offense. Uh-huh. And KD Cannon got bad Big 12 corners 15 yards off the ball. And everybody thought he was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. He Still ran deal. four routes. Still believe. Ishmael Zamora. Tell me somebody drafted Ishmael Wait. Zamora. Oh, whoa, my goodness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. They have Ishmael Get out of no, here. No, no, I don't know if they do or not. Oh. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. I was, I, I was, I was wondering if somebody had drafted Ishmael Okay. He was in uh, – he was signed to the Baltimore Brigade – and then he's the Washington Valor, so he's in the Arena Football League right yeah, now. Yeah, he ain't. Yeah, he ain't playing in this league. Oh my goodness! If no, yeah, off. there's. I mean, th- some other guys that I like in this roster. Nelson Spruce is on this roster. They have Larry Rose the third, who's an, an explosive kid. Um, Dante Die, who played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on and off the active roster for a while, who's kind of a reliable slot guy. No, this no this wide receiver room can run. No, yeah, this, they, they got some speed. They yeah, have some I, speed. Cannon, Whit, Kermit Whitfield, Rashad Ross, they can fly. Yep, yep. They, they they drafted speed out in Los Angeles. And defensive yeah. line, they're the ones who got Sean Oakman. They do have Sean Oakman. Which yep. reminded the internet once again that Sean Oakman is a thing. Somehow. Again, this, is such a, this is such a team of players that the internet was positive. We're going to be in the NFL because of like one reason, and predictably that one reason was not enough to hold him at the NFL level. Imagine. John Oakman has an unbelievable body and also has no idea how to play football. Correct. Big steps. New York. New York Guardians. Um, where were they? New York Guardians head coach. Kevin Gilbride. Do you know anything about Kevin Gilbride? Yes. So Kevin Gilbride was longtime assistant in New York. Uh, at the end of the Coughlin era, and then, you know, move, I, I think, yeah, I think when, when Coughlin was, was let go, they officially moved on from Kevin Gilbride as well. I can't remember who left first, if it was Gilbride, or if it was, or if it was Coughlin. Um, but, but Gilbride, once he, I know once he left New York, he retired, but he was long time, uh, Eli's offensive coordinator and running, you know. Oh! What? Sorry. Sorry, I just realized who's on their team. Who? Well, they have one. They have Jamar Summers, who was Birmingham Irons' best player on defense. Big shout out to Jamar Summers at cornerback. But then their running back, they have Matthew Colburn, my boy. You remember that? I yes, Matt Colburn, who 
Right, the Wake Forest kid who like his senior year was super quiet, and then he played yes. Louisville, who had denied his uh, who had yes. pulled a scholarship right beforehand. Went the hell, went the hell and off. Him up. Yep, yep. They also You'll have the Quan- they have the Quanjo brothers. Um, yes. at offensive line from Alabama. Smart. I like the way they did that. Of course. I mean, like if, if I, I looked at the this open pool and I saw that both of them were in there, and I was like, if anything happens and they're not on the same team, I'm not watching this league. I'm just not watching it. Well, it's it's but, the right way to do it because it probably makes their living situation easier. And that's the thing. Like, you got to be able to help these guys. Like, that's why, like, I like the fact that Houston drafted so many Houston kids. It's probably going to be yeah. easy for them to pay for, you know, like, live with people. And then that makes it, you know, your league more fiscally viable. I think that's an important part of it. Um, Interesting analysis there. They also have D'Angelo Yancey, by the way, before we get yes. You know who else is on this team? Jerron uh, Jones. You remember Jerron Jones out of Notre Dame? Do what? His name's really familiar. Right, so Jerron Jones was this, like, defensive tackle, potentially switched to offensive tackle candidate oh, at Jones. Notre Dame. He was a 2017 class because he's 6'6 with 35 and a half inch long arms. The dude is a monster. He's Holy a skyscraper. Cow. Yeah. Right. Super long. And I think it was the Giants? Who brought him in? Actually, we make, we're looking at New York right now, right? Yeah, yeah we make sense. The Giants then. Yeah, yeah. So it was the Giants who brought him in, and I think they initially had him at defensive line, and then they tried to move him to offensive line to figure out if he could fit there at offensive tackle, and he never really did. So the defenders have drafted him at defensive tackle, which I'm happy to – or at offensive tackle, excuse me, which I think that's probably what makes the most sense for him. Again, 35 and a half in drums, that helps you a lot on the outside. But he was one where, like, you watched his film and you're like, you don't know what you're doing, but by golly, they don't build him like this, right? Like, he's a transformer. And so it's really I, – I, I'm – like – I think you at, on every single team you can tag one of those guys. Like you know, like we were just looking at Los Angeles. Like they have Storm Norton, that kid out of Toledo, who's like he's also six seven, five bajillion pounds, with like thirty eight inch arms, right? Like there's there, you can find one of those on every team. But I think those are the guys who are really interesting for me to watch because you need time and coaching to figure out what that looks like. And you may not get that at the NFL level, but here in the XFL, if you can stick around the roster for a few years, maybe you get it. And now all of a sudden you're looking at potentially breaking into the NFL as well. And that's the goal of a developmental league is to take players like Jerron Jones, position switch from college, 35 and a half inch arm, six foot six, and teach them how to play a different position and see if they can get an NFL future. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to make note of is they also have Victor Oshie. I was just looking a- at that. Yeah, so he was the other guy that I wanted to make sure. Did you like Ochi when he came out? Uh, I I liked him when he was at the East West Shrine game. Right, so, I remember when he was at because he was out of Stony Brook, and I remember yeah. he went to East West Shrine, and he's like a, a lift, nifty little outside, you know, shifty yeah, rusher, and right. none of those lumbering Shrine game guys could tag him. I had at no idea how to all. do it. Yeah, you know, I, they, they they could not they could not stop him that game. St. Louis is head coach. Uh, Jonathan Hayes, his brother. Our Battle Hawks. Ooh, 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 I don't know about that. Uh, Jay Hayes, his brothers, the defense coordinator. They're old NFL guys, so, um, you got the brothers coaching there. Their quarterback, Jordan Tiamu from Old Miss, who we were caping for last year, ends up coming to the XFL, getting his chance to be a, what is the franchise quarterback label there. This, this is the team that drafted Christine Michael. Yes, uh, it is. That's why they're ours. They also have LaDamian Washington, 
who is from Missouri. They have Matt Jones. Matt Jones and Christine Michael. It's the best running back from the league. I mean, that's no no hyperbole there. Like, that's, yeah, Yeah. this is, I think, the best running back group in the league. And then they also have Jordan Lasley, who is known most for dancing on camera behind somebody's shoulder at the NFL Combine and just getting it, just going hard right before he was about to like Is that what he's best known for? Uh, that's to me, yeah. Okay, well, I like Lasley out of UCLA, and I also Carlton Agudosi out of Rutgers. Nugget. Uh, Jordan Lasley <laughs> and then Carlton Agudosi out of Rutgers. Um, so they, that's their interesting wide receiver talent. I um, they have they brought in Clifton Duck, who's a ton of fun at corner. Kenny Robertson as well. Yeah, so they they these are the guys that have the two interesting like it's they have uh Corbin Calfusi who is. Right now on the Jets practice squad, and they drafted him. And I don't know how that works. And that's oh. one of the interesting things to figure out. Right, he's in practice squad right now in New York. New York signed oh. him the day he was drafted. So he was drafted to the Jets practice squad, or he was signed to oh. the Jets practice squad and drafted in the XFL on the same day. And I don't know how that works yet. So I'm very interested to see what that looks like in terms of where he plays and what his eligibility is, so on and so forth. But then also they have Kenny Robinson, who's the West Virginia safety, who was a true sophomore last year for the Mountaineers, and then left to join the XFL. And so Robinson is the mm. kind of the, the, the litmus test for this approach, right? Like he elected to go pro earlier than eligibility would dictate entering the NFL. He's going to make money in the, in the XFL, and if he plays really well in the XFL, he's potentially going to, I don't know, enter the NFL draft, get signed as a free agent. Again, don't really know how that mechanism works. So the Battle Hawks right. thing because they have a couple of these guys who we have to figure out what their what 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 the logistics are going to be of this developmental league kind of yeah. thing NFL. Right. They also have Jamel Garcia Williams who's 6'8 defensive end out of UAB and he's a ton large of large uh <laughs> in Seattle, Jim Zorn, the head coach, Mike Riley, the offensive coordinator, their quarterback is Brandon Silvers, who is the former Memphis Express quarterback from the AAF before it folded there. Seattle's roster is, I'm just looking at their skill players right now. They got Trey Williams at running back, Fred Ross, who I thought was really underrated coming out of Mississippi State, Jason Morrow, who is a very interesting big-bodied receiving tight end, Keenan Reynolds at wide receiver. They got Malachi Jones at wide receiver in the 10th round. Their wide receiver is fascinating to me, right? Because you have Keenan Reynolds, who is the Navy quarterback, folks will remember from 2017, yes. uh, who, who got the waiver to come out in the draft, was drafted by Baltimore, was like a special teams running back, weird, gadgety sort of a guy, but was never really able to stick. Again, an opportunity here for Reynolds to get consistent coaching at one position over multiple seasons, which, you know, you feel like is necessary for a player to develop into a new position. They have also uh Jalen Rowell, who folks will instead remember as Jalen Robinette, Air Force product, huge ah, trace, giant good hand, catch there. Had an average reception of like 18 yards at Air Force. Just bananas, right? And he does not get a military waiver. He serves in the Air Force. Now he's back. He was in the 2019 NFL draft pool, like kind of weirdly there, you know, just because of like the timing of everything. So, so two ex military players who are now wide receivers. This is again another huge thing the XFL can do for those players who are in service academies who don't have the same timeline 
as those players who typically would enter, uh, you know, the NFL draft right out of college. Another one is, is Brett Toth, but Brett Toth is currently hanging around in the NFL. He's on the Cardinals. Regardless, then the last one that I think is a great pick specifically for Seattle is they picked Cason Williams. Do you remember Cason Williams? I don't think I do. Cason Williams was a receiver at Washington for the Huskies, right? Okay. He, he was right. fun. He was kind of productive. He was interesting, whatever. But then All he right. was not, um, you know, he wasn't selected. It was like 2015. I feel like he came out. Uh, he wasn't selected. He like bounced around as UDFA for a little bit. And then he made it onto Seattle's team, right? Onto the Seattle Seahawks. And he like hung around the practice squad for a little bit. And then all of a sudden he got, you know, uh, put active or whatever. And he was, you know, like played a couple games here, played a couple games there and then became just this like massive, Colt following the way only Seattle can do, like with Kristen Michael, where everybody was like, listen, Casey Williams, he's like 6'2", 220. He's going to be legit. Like he's, you know, he's going to be for real. Like he's going to do, uh, like, you know, he's going to actually be, like he's going to matter and he's going to be important and it's going to be a thing or whatever. He ends up in Cleveland with, oh, who's the coordinator in Cleveland? I can't remember. It was the year after DeFlippo. Anyway, and he has like two kind of real games and people were like, this is it. Cason Williams. He had like eight catches over two games. Like, you know, like, like, you know, a hundred yards. People were like, yes! And then he got injured and then he got cut and then he vanished. But Cason Williams has been this guy that just Seattle's been so thirsty for for so long. And that the Seattle Seahawks, the Dragons failed to get Kristen Michael. So they got the <laughs> next back thing in Cason Williams. Um, so yeah, they're wide receivers and then he brought up James Tomato as well. Their skill position players are a lot of fun. They also got on the defensive trenches. They added Danny Ezechukwu, who's a fun little like linebacker edge hybrid out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. Been interesting for a little bit. Um, and then they got the uh, uh, Tanieli Tuopu, who's massive nose tackle. He's like an ex rugby guy. And he's yeah. big boy. They got like, defensive end. He's like a huge five tech. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, Will Sutton, Chris Davis, who is the kick six man. Uh, Kentrell Bryce, who almost oh they have the kick six. Yeah, they have Chris Davis. Yeah, um, they That's have. Funny. Kentrell Bryce, who almost made the Bucks team, like, just a couple of months ago. Channing Stribling at cornerback. Sterling Moore at cornerback. Stribling was that, uh, he was the, the Michigan kid who played opposite Jordan Lewis. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was the Michigan kid. They also drafted BJ Daniels, USF great, uh, and he is going to be the starting quarterback of this team. Yeah, ain't gonna be Brandon Silvers, I can tell you that right quick. Right. Yeah, no, BJ Daniels <laughs> is going to be the starting quarterback of this team. Alright, one team left. Tampa Bay Vipers. Their their quarterback is Georgia Bulldog great Aaron Murray. Vincent Testaverde. And their head coach is Mark Tressman. Tressman's fun, right? Like, I mean, like, I think, think, like I said, like, Bob Stoops probably the best coach here. But Tressman went to the uh, CFL and won championships with Toronto. He did. He's, like, still very much at punching weight. Um... He, you know, his time in Chicago wasn't great. His time in Baltimore wasn't great, but he's probably second to what you're getting out of Bob Stoops in terms of the ability to develop players and create uh, a system that they can win with. Um, Quinn Flowers. Really, right. dude, dude, really interesting, like, quarterback options for this team because they're all extremely different. Aaron yeah. Murray being the franchise quarterback that they have and then also having on their team – um, Taylor Cornelius, who is Oklahoma the big from Oklahoma State. Huge. And then they have the dual threat, mainly running th- quarterback in Quentin Flowers. So, like, these three quarterbacks could not be any different from one another. 
Right. So they're true. Cressman is seriously going to go, okay, I'm going to pick the best one who gives me the best chance to win because these are three very different quarterbacks. Right. And there, and, 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 that, and I think that it's, it's going to be fun and interesting to see what happens with Quentin Flowers, right? Because you, you couldn't watch Quentin Flowers and, at, at USF and think to yourself, like, man, like, this guy does not have NFL talent. Like, like he was an unbelievable mover. He was, yes. like, just, the fluidity was out of this world. So there's no way that Flowers is not going to have some plays, some returns, some screen passes in the XFL where you watch him and you go, come on, right? Oh, totally. Totally. Like, he's, yeah, exactly. So that was a lot of fun for, um, to see. I was happy to see Quinn Flowers. He came off the board pretty early. He was a fifth round pick in phase one. So that's interesting. Uh, Arian Springs, who I loved coming out of Oregon, super aggressive. He's 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 a great ball hawk. He's super physical. I thought he was a lot of fun. Uh, Just the physical tools weren't exactly NFL level, but in the XFL, I think he can be a nightmare. And so I really liked the pick that they had. And then, as I spoke of earlier, this was the offensive line draft I was impressed with the most in terms of uh, uh, Martez Ivy, Tony Adams, Jordan McRae, Isaiah Williams. Like, these are, are guys who I thought were like legit day three picks were going to stick in the NFL. And they got four of them. Uh, an offensive line talent is lacking in this draft. So they, I thought, came out with, with some of the guys who would right. be my top targets on the offensive line. They may not have great tackles, but interior wise, I think they're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Walker as well. Virginia Tech. Right. They also have I, – I like the guys – I like a couple of the guys that got in phase five too. Jacquez Patrick, the Florida State – the giant Florida State running back who's all power. Ralph Webb who's had – you know, who's had some some really nice games when he was at Vanderbilt. Ryan Davis who I think finished his Auburn career with the most catches in Auburn history. I believe that's true. DeAndre Goldsby who's, in, who's an old receiving tight end for, for the Florida Gators. These are all guys that they were picking up on phase five of the draft. And, and so – and Obum Guachum, first overall pick in the defensive trenches draft. Do you remember Obum Guachum? Guachum was a wide receiver. Do, do I? Guachum was a wide receiver at Oregon State who switched to edge his final year and just had a okay. first step and nothing else. Right? <laughs> he, he could get off the ball and then had no idea what to do next. And Seattle drafted him in the sixth round because he jumped 36 inches at 246 pounds. He broad jumped 10-1. Like, he's unbelievably explosive. But he was thin as a pole, right? And so he bounced around. Like, he, like, never really stuck anywhere. He was in the CFL. He was in the AAF. First first pick. First pick from phase three. Coming off the extra Tampa Bay Vipers, Obum Guacha. Great name. Insane athleticism. Nothing Very else. True. Fascinated to see what happens. Over and watch him. That's not the only fascinating part of the XFL. As uh, you know, we ran down all eight teams. This is going to be a fascinating league to watch, top to bottom. There's a lot of really great names. Hopefully, we highlighted a good amount of them for you guys to really get into this yourself. Because I think it's going to be something fun that happens. I think it's going to be um, an enjoyable process getting to know these eight teams, these eight head coaches the rest of their coaching staffs, the quarterbacks, the playmakers, guys that have the chance to make the jump to make it to the next level. I'm really excited to see this season get kicked off. Uh, as we highlighted there, we're already seeing some strategies being implemented, see how, how teams can get an edge with how they formulate their rosters, what they're going to do when the season starts. And I think that we're seeing a lot of players that we liked or were just you know fans of here and there during the draft process 
Uh, all we're of them him, watch him. We're seeing him be put in good situations to hopefully get the most out of what they do best. I'm excited for it. I really am. I'm also excited for a great weekend of football this weekend, both in college and the NFL. Ben and I will be back on Monday to recap it all. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.